Romans chapter 16, verses 21 through 23. I'll be reading from the New International Version of the Bible. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my relatives. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Cortus, send you their greetings. The Word of God. Romans 16, once again, can be outlined. Some friends to greet, verses 1 through 16. Some foes to avoid, verses 17 through 20. Some servants to honor, verses 21 through 23, and a God to praise, verses 25 through 27. Having taken up some friends to greet and some foes to avoid, this morning we take up the section, some servants to honor. Paul in verses 21 through 23, honors through mentioning by name eight servants of the Lord. Timothy, Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, Tertius, Gaius, Erastus, and Cortus. What we are going to do for our message today is we will have five of these eight honored servants challenge us in our service of the Lord. From characteristics in their lives, we will seek to become better servants of Jesus Christ ourselves. I would like us to pray before we cover these particular characteristics. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, please help us all during this time. Help me in preaching. Help me to focus on you and your glory. Help us all to focus on hearing, understanding, and uh, responding for your glory. Heavenly Father, this is such an important time. This is one of the times when you work in the lives of people deeply. We bow before you and we ask, please work now. We pray to you. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The first servant who is mentioned by Paul in our text is Timothy. 
verse 21. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends his greetings to you. And from the life of Timothy, I would like us to be challenged in our service by the characteristic of faithfulness. So if you're taking notes, here's point one. Timothy dash faithfulness. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Timothy proved faithful. Timothy was a faithful servant. There are a number of characteristics in Timothy that could challenge us. But once more, I want us to be challenged by his faithfulness. Are we, are we faithful servants of Jesus Christ? Turn, please, to Philippians chapter 2 with me. Philippians chapter 2. And notice Paul's words about Timothy in verse 22. Philippians chapter 2, verse 22. We read, But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. As a son with his father, he has served with me. In the work of the gospel. When I think on these words, I think of three things in reference to Timothy. One, teachableness. As a son learns things from his father. So Timothy, the spiritual son, readily learned the work of serving Christ from Paul, his spiritual father. Teachableness. Two, love. As a son loves his father, loves to be with his father, loves his father. So Timothy, the spiritual son, had a genuine love for Paul, his spiritual father, love. And then three, faithfulness. As a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Timothy has been with me. Timothy has worked with me. Timothy has worked with me through thick and thin. He has not left. He has not given up. He has not quit. As a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Faithfulness. Faithfulness to Paul, but more. Faithfulness to Jesus Christ. Now, again, it is this last quality that I want to have hit us. We are servants of Jesus Christ. Christ has saved us. He has brought us to himself. We are his. Like Timothy, we are to be faithful in serving Christ. 
We are to be diligent. We are to be dependable. We are to be given wholly to the Lord Jesus Christ. You perhaps have heard that the most important ability is availability. Let me say this. One of the most important elements of servanthood is faithfulness. To be true to our calling, to be loyal to our calling, to be constant in our calling of serving Christ. Faithfulness, especially when it's hard, especially when it's difficult. I once read about a grade school boy who was ignored often by his classmates. He was, I guess, uh, different, and so he was often ignored. It was Valentine's Day the next day, and he wanted to give every one of his classmates a Valentine card. His mother was afraid that he would be hurt further by the other students on Valentine's Day. Here he would be giving out a card to everybody, and he himself would receive few, if any. But she helped him get his cards ready. And the next day, off to school, he went with his cards. The boy came home after school, and as he walked past his mother, she heard him say, not a one. Not a one. She asked him what he meant. And he said, I didn't leave out one. I didn't forget one. Not a one was ignored. Faithfulness when it's hard. Faithfulness through thick and thin. We are to be faithful servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. After Timothy, Paul mentioned Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater in our text. Verse 21, Timothy, my fellow worker, sends his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my relatives. Those last two words, my relatives, most likely mean my countrymen. Uh, Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my fellow Jews. Just focusing on Sosipater. He was one who probably traveled with Paul to Jerusalem to give the suffering saints there a special offering. You may remember that there were Jewish Christians in Jerusalem who were going through a hard time materially. Paul and his associates had received a special offering from the Gentile churches in Greece for those suffering believers. So Sipater accompanied Paul on the journey to Jerusalem to bless the needy saints there 
with this offering. Now, from Sosipater, I would like us to be challenged in our service by the characteristic of sacrifice. Sosipater, sacrifice. Are, are we willing to sacrifice for Jesus Christ? Here's how I get this characteristic. Sosipater lived in Berea. Berea was a considerable distance from Jerusalem. Not only that, it took considerable effort and considerable time to go from Berea to Jerusalem. Sacrifices on the part of Sosipater, no doubt, would have to be made in order for him to participate in that mission. But he made them. He sacrificed. And he encourages us with the idea that we should be ready to make sacrifices in our service of the Lord. Not just to serve the Lord when it's convenient. Not just to serve the Lord when it's easy, when it's painless, when it's comfortable, but to serve him even when it hurts, even when it means hardship. John Henry Jowett once said, ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. Someone else has said, Ministry that costs nothing is not really ministry at all. My friends, our, our Lord Jesus has set the standard for us in ministry. And we read about the standard in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. To serve and to give his life, there is the standard of servanthood. I once heard a pastor at a conference tell about challenging his congregation to leave their comfort zones in serving Christ. A lady in his congregation heard that message and went home and asked God to show her what would be out of her comfort zone. As she prayed and meditated on this, the thought of a prison ministry came to her. <laughs> My, how that was out of her comfort zone, a prison ministry. She could never do that. Perhaps she thought, I would be too afraid to go into the prison. I wouldn't be able to relate to the prisoners. Who in the world would come to me? for me to minister. But she went on to leave her comfort zone 
and sought to have a prison ministry. And the pastor said, what a prison ministry God developed through her. We are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's part of our DNA. Tell me about being a Christian. Well, we're servants of the one who has saved us. And we're learning today that being a servant entails faithfulness. And being a servant also includes sacrifice. After Sosipater, we find the name Tertius listed. Verse 22. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Tertius was Paul's secretary for the letter to the Romans. Paul used a secretary or an amanuensis for each one of his New Testament letters. Using a secretary for a letter was not at all unusual in Paul's day. To make sure that there would be no false letters from Paul, at the very close of each of his letters, Paul would affix his own signature and at times even add a few words in his own handwriting to confirm that the letter was authentic, Paul would do that. But once more, Tertius was Paul's secretary for Romans. He wasn't Paul's secretary for all of his letters, but for Romans, he was. And from Tertius, I want us to be challenged in this way. Tertius, I imagine, was a Christian who was willing, who was very willing to be used by Christ, ready and willing. Tertius challenges us with the characteristic of willingness. Paul needed a secretary. He needed someone to copy down a letter to the Roman Christians. Tertius said, here I am. Use me. I will do whatever you want me to do. I'll write for you. Tertius again challenges us with the characteristic of willingness, a willingness to be used. Let's ask, how about us? Are we willing to be used by Christ or are we full of excuses? Do we say, Lord, here I am. I'm ready. I'm available. What may I do? Or do we say, Lord, I don't really have the time. I'm not very talented. Lord, I don't know how. Oh, Lord, I could never do that. I've already done an awful lot. Have someone else do it. Lord, I'm too old. Do you remember the story of Moses and the Lord wanting to use him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? Uh, Exodus chapters 3 and 4. 
The Lord appeared to Moses in a burning bush, giving him that call. But Moses said, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? O Lord, I have never been eloquent. I am slow of speech and tongue. O Lord, please send someone else to do it. Do you remember that story? There is much in Moses that we should imitate, but not that. We are not to be that way full of excuses. We are servants of Jesus Christ. He has saved us. He has purchased us. We are his. We belong to him. We're his servants. And we are to have a willingness in our hearts to serve him. Once again, he has rescued us from hell. He has given us life, eternal life. And we are to willingly serve him. Let me see if I can drive home this point in this way. You're at a restaurant. You're sitting at a table, waiting and waiting and waiting for a waitress to come and serve you. You finally have to call out at a waitress for her to come on over to where you are. You say to her, I'd like to have a menu. And she says, you know, I'm not sure where the menus are. You're going to have to go and find that menu for yourself. You say, well, let's do this. Bring me a glass of water. And she says, I've been working for eight hours and my feet are killing me. The water is over there. Just go over and get some water yourself. You say, I'll tell you what, just, just bring me a salad. Bring me the best salad that the restaurant has. And she says, well, you're going to have to wait. I'm going on a break in a couple of minutes, and it's going to take me more than two minutes to get you your salad. If we ever had an experience like that, it would upset us. We would probably never go back, or if we went back, we wouldn't want that particular waitress. All of that to say, what does it look like as far as our lives go in reference to the opportunities that Christ gives us to serve him? What do we look like as waiters and waitresses for the Lord Jesus Christ? What are you doing for the Lord Jesus? What will you do for the Lord Jesus. There are opportunities. There are opportunities right here at Trinity Church. What are you doing for the Lord Jesus? Our next name in our list that we're going to cover 
is the name Gaius. And Gaius will show us a specific way to serve Christ. Just in case some of us are sitting back and saying, okay, you know, I, I realize I'm a servant. I realize I'm to do things. Get specific. Give me an indication of at least one thing. Well, Gaius is going to do that. Look at the first half of verse 23. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Gaius challenges us with hospitality. Paul wrote Romans from Corinth. And in Corinth, Paul stayed with Gaius. Gaius opened up his home. He opened up his heart and his home to Paul. And not only that, we read here that Gaius showed hospitality to the whole church in Corinth. Listen to these words of William Hendrickson about that. This probably does not mean that from every section of Corinth, believers crowded into the home of Gaius to attend the worship services. But it may mean that Gaius was always ready to offer hospitality to any believer in need of it. And we are thinking especially of travelers. As Christians, we travel through Corinth. They were told, you can stay with Gaius. He's a hospitable person. He always takes people in. He always seeks to meet the needs of people. And then William Hendrickson says, this does not exclude the possibility that the home of Gaius may also have served as a house church for part, for a segment of the congregation. Hospitality. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. Romans chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. Verse 12 of Romans 12 reads, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Uh, by the way, these are not suggestions. Uh, God is telling us how he wants us to behave, to bring him glory. And then he says this to us in verse 13. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Notice next with me Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 13, verses 1 and 2. Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers... For by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. A way in which we can serve the Lord Jesus, we open up our hearts, we open up our possessions, we open up our homes to meet the needs of people around us. For our final point this morning, 
Notice with me the end of verse 23. The end of verse 23. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Cortus send you their greetings. I want us to be challenged, last of all, by the person of Cortus. Listen to what William Hendrickson writes about Cortus in his commentary on Romans. About Cortus, we know nothing beyond what is found here. He is called our brother, meaning our fellow Christian. That's it. That's all we know about Cortus. He was a Christian, and as a Christian, he served the Lord Jesus, period. Timothy, I've read, is mentioned often in the book of Acts and the epistles. In fact, Timothy is mentioned at least 24 times in Paul's letters. Cortus, here, once, not even taking up a whole verse. He's a Christian. He's a servant. But that's our last point. Cortus challenges us to go on serving the Lord even when not too many will go on to know about us. Even when we will not go on to make a name for ourselves in serving. He challenges us to do what we should. Focus on Christ, serve Christ, obey Christ, and not be concerned about ourselves. So, the last point is this. Cortus dash selflessness. Selflessness. Willing to be unknown in our service for Christ. By the way, I looked in another book on Romans. I looked to see what it would say about Cortus. Do you know what? It didn't say anything about him. It didn't even mention his name. I looked two or three times in that book and found absolutely nothing in reference to him. It left him out. But that's okay. For what is important in being a servant is we are focusing on our master. We are serving our master. We are obeying our master. And our master is pleased with us. A good number of years ago, I went to a Christian concert. And during the concert, the, the, the person who was doing the concert said, I'm not known as much as I want to be. Now, I don't know what he meant by that, but it would be interesting to ask him, well, how about if that doesn't change? How about if you never make it big? Will you still serve Jesus Christ? Don't be in it for yourself, in other words. Don't be caught up in yourself. Live for Christ. 
be caught up in Christ, serve Christ. Well, let's review what we have uh, hopefully correctly seen in God's word in reference to serving him. Timothy says to us, we're to be faithful. So Sipater says to us, ready to sacrifice. Tertius says, we are to be willing servants. Willing servants. What would you have me do? Gaius says, well, one of the ways we can serve is through hospitality. Open your heart. Open your possessions. Open your home to others. And Cortis teaches us selflessness. We are to serve even though as far as we know we'll never make much of a name for ourselves in serving the Lord. Selflessness. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, help us to remember and experience more and more the joy of being yours and serving you. The joy of serving you rather than serving ourselves, rather than serving sin, rather than serving corruption. Help us to, help us to know the joy of serving you. And help us to take these characteristics into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.